All right, we are in the lovely house. Is this considered Mar? Mesa Del Mar. Or Mesa Del Mar. Of Costa right Mesa. Near, right near the Orange County Fair in Costa Mesa. Starts we're, on Friday. We're here with the lovely couple of Jared and Jackie Westland. And they have been married for four years. But we're going to get right into it because this is the mini episode of the hiring manager, which obviously helps college students with the search process for their real job after college, right? But we're going to talk a little bit about UW because you're a Husky and we have a Trojan here. Right on. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> so for those that are listening from my audience in college, what's the number one thing or number two thing that you can say, all right, when you look back at it, what's going to help you with your first job? Yeah. Besides all the partying and yeah. responsibilities, but I mean, what's the first one or two thing? I think it's like a comp. I mean, obviously growing up and everything, but I think it's just meeting people like from being out of state going into UW, I didn't know really anybody. So introducing myself to new people is kind of how I found out about my in college internship and just a lot of this stuff is word of mouth. So you'd have to kind of put yourself out there and I, I would say meeting, meeting new people was one of the bigger things for me. What about you? Make sure you get the degree too, before you, <laughs> you forget about that on graduation <laughs> day. Otherwise it's hard to get a job. Um, but other than that, I think, um, yeah, the folks that you get to meet, the networking that you can do, um, but also starting to gear yourself toward the industry that interests you so that the connections can help you out after college too. is definitely a big help. Were you even thinking of that though? Be honest, your freshman and sophomore year in college. No, I switched majors three times. So, um, and I ultimately went into an industry that didn't support, uh, my major. So it, it didn't necessarily make as big of an impact as just making the connections and, and starting to focus into the opportunities after college there. So Jackie, let's start with you. Cause I know your story. Yeah. You dub, what yep. was your major? Political science. So not at all what I even wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be Aaron Andrews. So I just probably Aaron should. Andrews, by the way, Aaron Andrews is the NFL sideline reporter. And yeah. so <laughs> the new who uh, she's the old Sam Ponder or whoever the new gal is, but probably should have done like a journalism class if I really wanted to do that, but didn't. I liked poli sci. And so I did that. I did a sales certificate through the business school. But I mean, what I what I studied is not what I'm doing. And I tell every <laughs> student that and yeah. every parent. So those of you who are listening what you probably major in is probably what you're not going to do in real life. Just start something, finish something, get yeah. your degree. And what you all both said at the beginning is networking. Yeah. So your first job, uh, when did you start thinking or when did Chip and Susan start saying, Jackie, you need to get a job and you need to start paying for some of your shit. Like, yeah. Was this like your sophomore, junior year in I high, think college? Junior year of college, I stayed up in Seattle and lived in a fraternity, which was interesting. Um, and my parents were like, if you're going to do that, you got to pay for your way. So I was, I got a hostess job and was a hostess that summer, which was so much fun. Should everyone should always work in a restaurant. It's so cool. What did you learn from being a hostess? People management. I mean, just like people skills, interpersonal skills, dealing with hard people. It's a huge life skill that I think that people need to learn and dealing with, you know, people that are angry and calming people down. I mean, there's a lot that goes into just being a hostess at a busy restaurant. So, so you're a hostess the summer of your junior year, junior year to pay for the fraternity, which I think was like $400 for the whole summer. So how to do that. And then my 
senior year is when I got like sort of a more real internship position that was with the UW baseball team. And I had heard about it because I met a baseball guy who was cute. And then I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And I want to be, you know, Aaron Andrews. So here we go. So I just, (laughs) they had never had an intern before. Didn't really know what I was doing, but just kind of started it and started their Instagram. They didn't have one before, started their Twitter. um, And now it's like a real thing. So kind of cool. It's funny how you said that because like Julia does the social media internship for the Rose Bowl Mm -hmm. Legacy Foundation. Joshua is running all the video for modern day basketball. Yeah. So you were there before it was even there. Even a thing, yeah. Right? So you're (laughs) interning for the baseball program. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say non-paid, right? Non-paid. Okay. I don't even think I got school credit. All right. (laughs) Maybe I'm not supposed to say that. (laughs) No, but it's the the experience. It's the experience. I could put on my resume. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Just put something on your resume. Yeah. And then how did that lead you to your job with the Mariners? Yeah. So it just kind of got me thinking about what I wanted to do next. Like I really enjoyed it. I loved working in sports and feeling like being a part of a team that way. And so um, started to just kind of poke around, got, I mean, super basic PR internship that turned out to be super cool um, with the Mariners just from, I mean, I think I applied to, you know, 20 different jobs and was willing to basically take something for very little money but again on the resume it was during school so I didn't um, need it to be full-time or anything but I was in the press box for every single home game taking you know stats and doing notes for all that stuff so just you know learning the ins and outs of the front office for the baseball team was super super cool and this was still during your senior year senior year yeah And then that following summer. So it ramped up after I'd graduated. So what's the one thing you could tell a college student that's really serious about, you know, either their junior year or senior year before they graduate, uh, just that entire process? Yeah. And it's hard because it's not something that's like easily laid out for you, I would say. You kind of have to poke around and just find something like try. It's all trial and error. So you just have to figure out what you like. And, you know, sometimes your first job is not going to be most of the time, it's not your forever job. So you just have to figure out things that you're good at, things that um, you like and dislike about things. And I think just poking around on the Internet, that's honestly how I found this, the first job that I got with the Mariners. So so we're going to take a little breather from Jackie, who, by the way, is pregnant. <laughs> I can say that yeah. because it's, it's official. News, it's officially out. Right. So and. We're going to go to her husband now, and he's going to talk about his experience at USC because USC, I tell everybody, it's one of the best universities with, I think, the networking and the alumni. It's the greatest school in the world. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll plead the fifth on that. (laughs) You know, you sound just like a USC grad. (laughs) So let's talk about the networking because obviously, when uh, did you start? getting real serious and start trying to meet people your junior and senior year to get that first job. And then I think through all your applications right before you graduated Mm -hmm. to your first real job up in Seattle. Yeah, I think, um, so I, I had kind of your typical summer jobs, freshman and sophomore year. And and that was just to kind of get some walking around money and was still at home. And then, uh, junior year, I got my first internship, which actually I kept through graduation. So I was there for about two years 
Um, it was with a really good company and in, in the operations department for a technology company. And I learned a lot about uh, how businesses function, but it also helped me focus in on the areas of the business that were interesting. Um, so with that, at the same time, I was going through a, a business minor in, in the Marshall School. And a lot of the the core classes that they have you take on kind of the the express route for the minor is focused around building basic business skills and then helping you network with um, the people in the professional world who graduated from the school and who want to give back to the community. And those are exactly the people that you want to network with. So as, as cliche as it was, the the Trojan family was definitely there to, to help out and help you get your feet underneath you. I actually didn't end up going for to work for a company after school that was uh, any kind of Trojan connection, but it helped me start to figure out where I wanted to focus my time. And that ultimately led me to all those 30 applications that you mentioned that, that we uh, submitted and put out there. So did you do all the applications yourself or did you at least get a little guidance from mom and dad or someone to say, all right, Jared, here's what you need to do and walk through that process because someone that maybe not be, that's not motivated, how do they find out about it? How, and what do they do? I'm competitive and I've got two older siblings and I knew that I wasn't willing to graduate without a job offer in hand. So I turned up the heat a little bit and I, I started getting more offers out there or, or more applications out there. And I did get my first job offer the day before graduation, which was kind of a sigh of relief. The process though, I think there's, there's people within your network that are willing to help. Uh, I had some good friends who were a year or two in advance. And so they kind of moved from the application side of things to seeing the applications come in and had different thoughts and ideas on how to, to improve it. But the other thing was just, um, was just persistence too. that first job offer I got, uh, I didn't get until I called the manager myself to follow up after interview and ask him for the job. And that's when he offered to me. So I'm going to stop right there because a lot of times I've had guests on and we talk about, and you said you took a sales uh, certificate class, right? So what you did, Jared, I mean, that's what I tell a lot of just anyone, if they're in sales or not sales, I mean, that's what I do for a living, but it's the follow-up. So walk through the process of follow-up because people sometimes are students or even adults are like, oh, I don't want to be intrusive. I don't want to feel like I'm pushy or whatever, but go through that mindset. That follow-up is so key. And people like myself or whoever's hiring in a position, they appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I remember distinctly that the manager that I called told me that I was one of 50 applicants for the job and I was the only person who sent a thank you note and the only person who called after. Uh, and that was, that was the difference maker. Cause at the end of the day, my experience wasn't drastically different from the other 49 that applied to, but the follow up, and especially wanting to get into a sales-based role where it was about being people focused and being organized too, that, that said enough for me to, to get the opportunity. So, so I also, can I yes. In? I feel like the only, not the only, but a major takeaway that I took away from the sales certificate was to write a handwritten thank you. Like it seems so old school, but it means so much if you just do two sentences in a note and you send it to somebody and say, thank you so much for the interview. That makes you stand out so incredibly much. And a lot of people don't do it. And it's so easy. It takes you five minutes. I think that's huge. Jackie, what you just said, because I tell my daughter's that yeah. and I tell everybody okay so graduation just happened right yeah Maria always puts that's my wife by the way Maria always puts every thank you note on my desk from every college or every high school student yeah. that writes us a thank you note and it just stands out so so much I'm not preaching to the choir but yeah. what you just said you re reiterated two things that I stress that's why I wanted you all have all, be on the podcast <laughs> because perfect. it's just not me talking about it but it's that personal touch yeah 
the handwritten note are the follow-up and the persistence. So if there's anything, if you're listening to this at the 12-minute mark and there's one takeaway, handwritten notes do really work yeah. and the follow-up persistence really do work yeah. as well. It's really not annoying, you know, now that I've gone through the hiring process at Amazon, which is a whole nother thing, but to have someone reach out via email, just sending a thank you is not annoying. You know, even if you're thinking you're being intrusive or whatever, like, I mean, if you're sending me a five paragraph essay, sure. Right. But like a two line, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. That's all you have to do. And it means a lot. I still do it today in sales. I, in my real career day job in the morning, <laughs> I sent off emails. It's just like two sentences, yeah, two liners. Yeah. Hey, are you available this yeah. day? And it's the follow-up. Hey, I want to follow up. I haven't heard from you, Jared. So what you are teaching and what you're doing, continue to do that because it's going to serve you well in your future career. So yeah. now that you're in, is, by the way, is that where you all met? I don't think you met in Seattle or met did in you? Seattle. Yeah. Of course. My mother set us up. So, <laughs> you know, you're like the fifth couple I've had on this podcast, <laughs> but usually they meet. Usually they meet in school, but now this is the uh -huh. story after school because you moved all the way from Southern California up to Seattle. So we might tease that, uh -huh. but just high level. How did you all meet? Jared moved up, what, July, right after we graduated. And his aunt and my mom have been attorneys together for 25 years. And my, mo my mom wanted to set us up and his aunt was a little skeptical, but I had a whole network of girlfriends and friends from UW and they're like, oh, just go out to drinks or whatever. And there you go. Four years in November. <laughs> Four years in November and a baby later, Jared's going to Jared's going to have some comments. There's two sides to this story. Uh, there, there was some follow up, though. Speaking of follow up, there okay. needed to be follow up. Uh, we went out in July, but we didn't start dating until September. And I was very persistent in my follow up. So there again. So I knew I had to ask that question that persistence wears down resistance. It does. Yeah, it really does. Right. There you go. So two dogs and a, a kid on the way later. And, and here we are. <laughs> All right. So Jared, since you have the mic apex now, that was, uh, you've worked in different divisions of apex. Yep. And obviously you, just like you, Jackie, when you are working at Amazon, you've probably interviewed with different managers or different divisions. So Talk to me about that process because someone may be trying to get a job for the first time or else they're working at their employer for the first couple of years and they might want to, you know, grow and develop and interview for a different position. So where did you start and where are you, where are you now? Yeah. So I, uh, I've been with Apex for eight years. I started uh, with the company about six months after graduating. Uh, and then for five of those eight years, I was in a hiring role. So I was on the other side of, of kind of the interviewee portion that we're talking about. Uh, I think there's there's two kind of things that I think about with the interview process. As an entry-level candidate, you can bring traits more than experience, and I think that's important to think about. Organization and attentiveness and respectfulness go a long way, whereas a lot of applicants are going to bring a similar level of experience, and that's where you can set yourself apart. And that's a lot of what I looked for with, with entry-level candidates coming into the role, because that's going to translate to you know, taking to the training that we provide and then seeing the success from there. So it was, it was definitely kind of, you know, a marriage of what we could do for them, but the willingness to learn coming into that entry-level role. Mm -hmm. I think on the, the candidate side of things, even advice I would give to folks as they're going through their different rounds was, especially in an entry-level role, looking for jobs that are going to teach you and push you and develop you are way more important than the initial compensation that you're going to get from a job. Um, those Good skills take. that you're developing are are 
going to pay you back tenfold down the line. And they're way more important than what the base salary number looks like versus the developmental path and the career path that you're given. So great, great advice on that because people that are graduating, they just might be looking at the dollar sign. And at the end of the day, it's, it's growing and developing. I look for people who can grow and develop. So since you've been in the hiring side as well, right? So what do you, and, and we can role play here cause I love role playing. You could be the interviewer <laughs> and I'm the interviewee, but, but before we get there, is there one or two candidates that stick out in your mind to still to this day, like someone that just stood out and why? Yeah, there's, one of them we actually didn't end up getting for the job. I had I had moved out of that office and we lost her. She was like the best candidate I ever interviewed before. Um, but I think what what stood out with with her and the other top candidates that that I'm thinking about um, from start to finish, they were um, they made a good impression. They looked you in the eye. They shook your hand. They were prepared. They were well kept and groomed. Which I don't know if that's even as <laughs> applicable and work from home, but. Just from start to finish, you got you got the sense that they took things seriously and they were willing to learn and be coached. And you can't ask for a lot more than that in someone who's going to come in an entry level role. And just the the trust that they're going to put in you and the trust you're going to put in them to you know make something of the training that you're going to give them, uh, I think was important. All right. So those that are graduating, uh, either senior or you just graduated, let's kind of do a mock interview entry level. It could be, you know what? You just You're springing this on me. Here. I, I love doing this. I do this all the time. I do this all the time. And, and I could do it to you, Jackie. We could turn, turn it around. Uh, I do this with my adult friends and they can't pass my interview test. So I will be the interview green candidate, but just some things that they should be aware of are, are looking out for, you know, maybe they'll pick up one or two things from an interview. Like, cause everyone's going to say, well, what do they ask? What should I be prepared for? So let's go. You ready? Yeah. You're going to interview me. You want me to? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to stick it to you then right out of the gate. Just stick it out. like what, the, And you could stick it out to, I like, I don't even know what I'm interviewing for. Yeah. yeah. So what we're, this uh, is, is ad lib as you can get. Yeah. Um, tell me about yourself is probably where I would start. Excellent. So I graduated Long Beach State, 1993. I was a student manager of our basketball team. I majored in communications. And from there, I'm looking to get into an entry-level sales position job. I'm hungry. I'm driven. I'm take direction. Well, you just tell me what to do. And I promise you, you won't regret hiring me. Nice. That's good. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's great. <laughs> so do you know what I just did? You sold yourself a little bit. But well, it's, there, there's a saying for it. And I always tell people what it is. Thank you. Yeah. It, uh, like, I don't even know what you were going to ask me, but I said, you know, just stick to my elevator pitch. Yeah. Who am I? Like, I wasn't like, I didn't even ask you questions. Right. I said, okay, I'm just going to make it up because at the end of the day, Jared, is this right? You don't care what they say. You just want to make sure that they could present themselves and they're not boring and they could communicate in 30 seconds or 60 seconds or less. Cause that's what I used to always say. I'd say, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? And why don't we start from when you graduated college to bring me up to speed now? And why don't you do that in one minute? And I say that because I want to make sure they're listening. Yeah. If they can't listen, I'm like, oh, wait, if they're in sales, yep. I'm not going to be able to hire them. Yep. So hopefully that helped for those that are listening. It was the elevator pitch, but you just kind of kept it very, very open. And then from what I said, Jared, like, what did you take away from that? Like if you were interviewing and hiring? Yeah, I, I, I think you, you spoke to just some accolades that you have that are going to be relevant right out of the gates and didn't necessarily add things that weren't going to help in this spot. Uh, I didn't need to know your 
favorite color or favorite food at this point, but knowing where you went to school, what interests you in the job and, and uh, opening it up just gives good direction to the rest of the interview. So what advice would you give someone maybe in the end of the interview? A lot of people would say about the follow-up and like, I'll just tee it up. They'll say, how do you close? One of the guests I had on this podcast, I taught her how to close, say, what's, you know, how many candidates are you interviewing? What's the next step in the process? Do you see me fitting like in the top two? Because you're trying to close for that opportunity, right? So what's maybe one or two things that you can tell someone that's interviewing um, how to close for the business or wrap things up, wrap the interview up? Yeah, I think there's probably, there's one thing that always stands out to me before you get to that point in the interview. And it's the questions you've prepared as the interviewee. Mm -hmm. Uh, If somebody comes in without questions, it's a red flag because they probably haven't done their homework. And if they haven't done that for the interview, how are they going to show up to the job? So good questions is really, really important. Um, and a lot of times from there too, it's, it's, you know, asking that question of what next steps are too, and setting yourself up for any, uh, questions, follow-ups, uh, maybe even finding out if there's any hesitations from the hiring manager and being able to answer those before you leave. Um, but really setting course with reinstating your interest in the role and, and what next steps are going to look like. You kind of hit it on the spot because I always tell someone have two or three questions ready and right. I don't even care what they are. Like I used to always say, if they say, Hey, do you have any questions for me? I would always, if you were the candidate, I would say, so Jared, who's our CEO of our company? The greatest response was like, uh, oh my gosh, it's at the tip of my tongue. I said, obviously you didn't do your research, right? Or even when I do my, uh, student manager podcast, I always will ask, Hey, who's the chancellor president of, do you know the UW president? I don't. Jackie. I know. I don't. I know we have Female AD, but that's about the gist of it. Okay. Jennifer Cohen's the AD, but Anna Marie Kachi is the president. Do you ever remember that name? Sophia goes, I know it because I get emails from her during COVID (laughs) the whole time. There you go. I'm off the email list. I got unsubscribed. Jackie did not get this job. (laughs) (laughs) So transitioning to that, Jackie, because you obviously got the job from the Mariners, you went to Amazon. Well, there was some in between, but yeah. Was that all networking? It honestly was. So... From the Mariners, I was working like 80 hours a week and making no money. It was awesome, but like the only thing that was cool was I got free tickets for my friends. So they're like, this is great. But then I was working all the time. So um, eventually knew that I needed to make a little bit more money, couldn't be working so long. And one of the boosters for the Mariners um, was working at CBRE and needed some so help. For those of you that don't know what CBRE is. It's a huge commercial real estate company. And all sorts of things. This was a particular, this broker was doing agency leasing. So he was doing um, big office space leasing. So got in touch with him through the booster club and reached out, interviewed with him and got the job at CB. And then from there, it's kind of led me, you know, a couple, I bounced around a little bit, but now now I'm at a good spot. Took a role with Amazon back in July of last year. So I just hit my one year mark and actually just joined a new team at Amazon about three weeks ago. So um, had to go through the Amazon interview loop twice, which was a beast. Um, I think my first interview with Amazon was eight hours long in total. So um, got a lot of Amazon interviewing experience. So eight hours total, but did you go in front of panels? Like, how can you prepare someone listening to this? Yeah. Like, what was the longest interview? And 
obviously the panels were like maybe two or three people, maybe more. It wasn't panels. It was individuals. And I don't know if this is different than how it used to be pre-COVID. Um, so they used to be in person. Mine was virtual. Um, it was one. I don't think I had anybody, any panels. It was just me and one other individual. But an interesting thing about Amazon is they ask star questions. They want you to answer in star answers, I guess. So it's so give me an example. So you have to explain the situation. What is it? Now I'm going to forget. Situation, what the task was, the action, and the result. So you had to bring it you know, full, full circle, circle, which I think is good in any interview, honestly, just to have those kind of responses ready to go. So it's not just like, well, I did this. Well, why did you do that? What was your result? You know, all those things. I think that's just good practice for interviews in general. But so after going through those those panels, they're obviously all broken up into hour chunks, but um, it was it was a good experience from just a growth perspective. And you interviewed internally, right? Yeah. And then when I ran into you and you said, hey, I'm meeting someone, yeah. and you're getting like the lowdown mm-hmm. maybe on, on how to interview. Um, but was that a harder process? Was it easier to, because I just transitioned from, internally to a new position. And I think I had the edge just being an employee already there. Yes, for sure. It was definitely more informal and you kind of know what they're looking for at that point, just being an employee already. Um, So I think I did have a leg up there for sure. I was able to kind of mold my answers to like, because I knew what they were looking for. Exactly. Because you're an employee. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So like, they're, I mean, Amazon in particular, there's like these leadership principles and that's what all the questions like go back to. So if I could speak, if I could make my story or my answer go back to a leadership principle, it was like, ding, ding, ding. Like that was the money shot. So. All right. As we wrap up, because I always like today, it's funny now with social media and my kids were in high school, it was all about Instagram or Snapchat. Now I'm getting hit up on LinkedIn, 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 LinkedIn. And I think my daughter's sophomore year with LinkedIn, I've said, wow, I go, this is a pretty impressive LinkedIn. And one of her friends, I'm going to have her on the podcast because I said, your LinkedIn profile stood out better than my daughter's. <laughs> so obviously you passed the mic to Jared because you see a lot of that LinkedIn. Let's end on a high note. What advice do you have for college students and how should they have their profile on LinkedIn? What should they be doing on LinkedIn? Yeah, the... um Maybe this is the time to put a disclaimer out there that uh, everything on all your social media can be looked at by a hiring manager. So be smart what's on LinkedIn, but also what's on your Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. Whether they tell you that or not, they're definitely going to take a look. So make sure that it's it's they're gonna somewhat stalk appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then LinkedIn, I think, is pretty simple when you're coming out of school. Have a professional photo on a, a kind of a stock background. Uh, I think if you can avoid the cap and gown and just have a professional standard headshot, that's ideal. Uh, and then keep it professional with your interests and groups that you follow and anything that's public. Keep it focused on the area that you're interested in getting into into business or just keep it general. Um, but try and keep that professional. Uh, and then any relevant work experience have it on there. And if it's not relevant or if you were a lifeguard at Disneyland like I was in a past life, you probably don't need that for a consulting at sales role. So keep that <laughs> off there. And probably that's it. Yeah. And would you advice on DMing? Well, I have the premium because I'm in, you know, but maybe yeah, a college me too, student, the creepy one. Yep. <laughs> maybe yeah. in college that, you know, they can't afford it unless yeah. they ask mom and dad, but <laughs> j- 
What do you recommend on DMing and reaching out? Uh, I love to get a connection request from an interviewee afterwards. It just shows that they did their follow-up too. And um, even just with a short note of, of, you know, one more spot to say thanks for the time for the interview, that, that always makes a good impression. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great to be able to do that. And you can do that from just a standard account too. Well, you've gotten some lot of advice, feedback, recommendations from Jackie and Jared Westlin for, uh, four years, five years out of college. When, no, we're say? old. I, I don't know, six. You're putting us on the spot. We're eight years out of college. It's eight. Yeah. All right. So see, yeah. for all you listeners, this is what you, this is why we have this because yeah. you go through that whole process. Yeah. Pretty soon your kid's going to be listening to the student manager <laughs> on like, okay, the college search admission process. But no, the end of the day is this hiring managers helping college grads, uh, even college students with the search and admission process, how to interview, how to look for jobs. So it's been great having you on. You guys getting a lot of good advice and hopefully you had as much fun as I did. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Thanks for coming over. All right. For Fonger News, we are out. <laughs> <laughs>